Hello, and welcome back to another Northwood Tales Boopy Podcast. <laughs> With, again, special guest. If you could see her. Little babe. They can probably see her in the corner. Yes. She won't leave us. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe she'll get spooked. Maybe oh. she'll get spooked by the spoopy story. Spoopy. <laughs> so, what, and what's spoopy? What's spoopies? Yes. Tell us the spoopies. This one is another local legend that's <gasps> super close to us. No, 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 no. It's located in, well, north of Shakopee, in between Chanhassen and Chaska, I'm Minnesota. About to say, we're north of <laughs> we're north of it's, it's probably like Chan. a 20 minute no less than a 20 minute drive from us so i this, work 15 minutes from us in chaska it's close to you but like south i think what <laughs> what is it so today we're going to be talking about a sanatorium that was supposedly an insane asylum of spoopy Oh, I don't like this. So it was the Mudcura Sanatorium. And I'll talk about that later. (laughs) But it's also known as Hell House to some people. According to this local legend about the insane asylum. (laughs) What happened? If that that gives anything away about the spoopy story. Oh, I don't like this. So just to give a brief, yeah, she's going to fall off. She's going to be like, nope, I'm out. I'm going to eat myself out of here. (laughs) So just to give like a brief, well, I don't know if it's going to be brief, but a history about the the Mudcura Sanatorium. Uh, In 1908, a Canadian doctor, uh, Henry Fisher, purchased the land that is now known as Seminary Fen. Um, and I'll go into a little bit of backstory of why it's called Seminary Fen. Um, and he bought it to create a health spa on top of it. I don't trust that. <laughs> this is a location between the cities of Chaska and Chanhassen, which is really close to us. That's and just so across close. the river from Shakopee, which if you are from the Minnesota, Minneapolis area, Shakopee is home to Valley Fair. <laughs> <laughs> and flooding. Unimportant, but yes. Yeah, because right by the river. Um, and Henry enlisted the help of his kind of enterprise connections that he had uh, and created the Shakopee Mineral Springs Corporation or company. Is that what Co is? Fancy? Yes. Corporation. Company. Either both. or. I think it's corporation. It's both uh, now. Yes. Uh, what made the land so great is that it was um, home to, like, a large sulfur spring. Ew. Yeah. But Here? it would stink. Yes, it's still there. He what has destroyed the area. <laughs> it's probably stinky, but there's a lot of benefits um, to sulfur. Um, and there's three active sulfur springs there. One's a freshwater spring. Uh, one's an iron spring. And I don't know what the third one was. Didn't specify. Uh, and Heidi is the education director of the Carver County Historical Society, which this is part of the Carver County. Uh, and she said there were several ways that you could be treated there, including heated mud wraps. Oh. Um, That's very nice. In imbibing, imbibing yeah. the sulfur water that bubbled up from the springs. I'm not sure what imbibing is. 
Um, or even just taking long walks in the open air supposedly was good for your health or like beneficial, <laughs> even though it stinks. <laughs> I, I found the definition what is, of what? in bib yes. is a verb. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much to drink alcohol. They were oh. imbibing far too many pitchers of beer. Quotes. Oh, so they were just drinking sulfur Consume. water. Oh, gross. I wonder what that would taste like. Nasty. You think it would be like salty? Sulfur. Nasty. It's, sulfur smells like eggs. Probably very bitter. You'd be drinking eggs. I don't Stinky like eggs. that. <laughs> I, I pass. Oh, so this part makes more a little bit more sense to me. Oh, Shakopee no. Mineral Springs. Uh, basically the parent company of Fisher's Health Spa, which is the Mudkira. Uh, they simply sold sulfur water for people to drink as a cure for everything from arthritis to alcoholism. So that makes more sense why you'd go there and you'd buy it, buy the sulfur water. You could sit in the mud baths because the sulfur, there. I get the, the springs mud, mud. Yeah, I thousand percent get the mud, not the... I wouldn't want to do that. I this would... isn't this isn't Iceland. We not go swimming in the lagoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I pass. <laughs> yeah, pass in the water. I think it'd be fun to take a mud bath there. Yes. And prior to it being named named Mud Cura, the health spa operated under the name Swastika Sulfur Springs. Uh, the swastika was originally a symbol that meant power, strength, and good luck. Yes. Um, and the name was changed to Mudkira Sanatorium long before the swastika was adopted oh, okay. as the symbol of the Nazi regime. Okay. Regime. Brother. Much better. During the world during World War Two. I don't need so no Nazi this was prior. It. Yeah. So this is prior to that, and they wanted it to be like a, you know, a good it's an like Indian a, a normal spa. Yeah. They wanted it to be like a health spa, which obviously, so that would. Come get yourself a water. Sip, sip. Yep. And then in November of 1908, construction began on the sanatorium, uh, and the site officially opened July of 1909. The only thing left behind uh, of the earlier name of the swastika uh, was a decorative swastika. (laughs) Am I saying swastika? I feel like I'm saying swastika a little weird. Swastika? Swastika. Well, it depends on where you're from. I guess so. But they want to make a pretty one? They're like this. Yeah, they had a symbol. Yeah, they had a symbol on the main office, which they never got rid of or changed, but they changed the name. So, is this building still here? Yeah, we'll get to that. Yes, you're jumping the gun. Oh no! Uh, The name Mudkira came from the mud baths and the mud wraps that were thought to cure disease, uh, and that's the name that was they've decided on. I wonder what that would do to your teeth. I don't, you're not drinking them. Oh, the sulfur in yeah. general. I'm like, you're not drinking the mud. But yeah, I don't know what the sulfur would do. I mean, they put different ingredients in our water nowadays. Is it fluoride? Acidic? I don't sulfur? think so. I'm sure it I'm has. Not a scientist. I'm not sure if it's acidic or in the middle. It's just nasty. Yeah, I wouldn't. Who would think to do that? Uh, the Mud Cura Sanatorium remained operational into 19, until 1951. And then it was sold to members of the the Black Franciscans. Franciscans, I think that's right, for use as a seminary. And a seminary uh, is a college that prepares students to be priests, ministers, and rabbis. Wow. And the Black 
Franciscans are part of the order of Frayers Minor, which is a part of the Catholic Church. Oh, my. So it was, they're similar to monks. Got a lot going on at that place. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're similar to monks, but they they kind of are more active in the community, whereas monks, they kind of keep to themselves. But they want to, these guys are a little bit more of like activists in a way. Come to the sanatorium. We give you mud masks to turn you into monks. <laughs> well, this was after they gave it away to them or mud sold it. Monks. I don't know if they sold it or gave it away. Sold it. Yes. Oh. Uh, and it was named Assumption Seminary what? and was associated with the, with the colleges of St. Thomas and St. Catherine and St. Paul, which oh th- those colleges are still around. We competed at St. Thomas for track. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all connected. And then although the cemetery closed its doors in 1970, the Fen still bears its name. So it, it's the Assumption Seminary Fen, I think, or the Seminary Fen, like I said earlier. That's that's what the plot of land uh, is called there. Yep. Oh. Hmm. Small brain. Yes. After the Franciscans' departure in the 1970s, the land was bought and sold a number of times, but remained oh. vacant. Uh, and then rumors rose in the surrounding communities that the abandoned buildings were haunted. So this is where the rumor of the <laughs> insane asylum, asylum, I keep oh, saying no. asylum, asylum came in. Oh no. After the rumors started, the building was dubbed Hell House. People wanted, or people would report hearing music coming from the building, and that was later debunked. Supposedly the pipes were occasionally echoing transmissions from a nearby radio tower. That's awful. Giving the convenient. illusion. Yeah, giving the illusion that the eerie music was playing from the inside, which is still kind of spooky how like empty pipes would be able to reverb. I get it, but like yeah. that's awfully convenient. Yeah. Would someone just like listen to the radio and then drive by and be like, oh, that's the same song? Right. I'm wondering how loud it was. Like if people were exploring the building and they heard it. Yeah. When they weren't supposed to be trespassing. Oh, um, snap. Or if they were driving by and they heard it. Because that'd be weird to hear it from the highway. If you're just walking home one night and it's just like this creepy building <laughs> playing music, I'd run. I would too. And then in the late 1990, or in late 1997, there was a oh. fire that destroyed a large chunk of the building. Uh, it was supposedly started by some kids. Oh, so arson. kids. Um, it had burned through the roof and the first and the floor below. So the uh, I think there's three floors. So the third wow. floor and the roof. I don't know if yeah. There's some pictures here where there's quite a bit of damage to the top part. Uh, but it's still standing, I believe, as of today. But it's still pretty damaged. But I I don't know who owns it. But they have no trespassing signs, so it probably wouldn't be recommended to go inside there. But it would be nice to go take a look, just as the outside. Just to kind of see it. Uh, <laughs> stop arson. Huh. Um, the Minnesota Department of Nature Resources, also known as like DNR, <laughs> uh, became interested in the property in the years following the fire and in 2003 purchased the 106 acres of Fen for $1.3 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wish I had that kind of money. And then thanks to the DNR's efforts to protect it, the seminary fen has been awarded a status of scientific and natural area, uh, which prevents any de- uh, development or drainage of the fen, allowing it to be preserved for scientific study and enjoyment of the community. So it's still open. What? Yeah. Scientific study and... What do you say? Enjoyment and, of the community? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's like a it's like a nature preserve basically. This spooky. Oh, they brick. might maybe they tore it down. We can always do a drive by just to see. Because it's on if it's I on top of that land. Spooky building. I wouldn't find any enjoyment in that. And why would you want it a scientific study? Well, just because I don't know if the there? sulfur well the sulfur springs is what they'd be studying. Who's I've never. In the two years that we've lived here, working for the university, have not heard anything about this place. Conspiracy. Well, maybe they're studying the ghosts. The Illuminati is there. Maybe they're studying ghosts. <laughs> oh, maybe, no. That'd be a good a, a good thing to go take a look at to see if they did tear it down. Because I don't know yeah. if they said... I know there was the fire, but I don't remember if they... I don't remember seeing anything about them tearing it down. But I know the DNR, like the state of Minnesota, owns the area now, and they they they're protecting the springs, so nobody can wow. kind of use it, build on top of it again. So they're kind of keeping it for the community and science. If they will keep it for the community and science, might as well learn how to turn that into like a natural energy. Not you know. Can you do that with I springs? Don't know. Maybe they're they're gonna try to do the bottling of the sulfur water again and sell it. <sighs> All the, Are you not feeling all the, good? Here's some sulfur water. All the holistic um, medicine people will be like, yes, this is straight from... You got a headache? Take some sulfur water. Yes, straight from the springs in Shakopee. <laughs> Ew. Okay, so now on to the paranormal. There's the supposed even haunting. Even more spoopy stuff well, what? Well, it was rumored to be a, an asylum for the insane. So that's where the paranormal um, stuff comes in. A ghost. <laughs> and oh, I was no. able to find some information on a haunting investigation that was done at Mudkira in 1997. So right before, this was right before that fire happened. The oh, same no. year. Um, and the investigation was done by PSI Walker, Inc. Um, which I don't know if he owns it, but Del Mulroy, he was the president. Uh, I haven't found a lot of research in the group because this was back in the 90s. Um, but Dell was a psychic and a paranormal investigator. Oh, boy. And we're going to get into this. Um, but I'll link everything down below if you guys are watching and listening on YouTube. There's going to be a link in the description if you want to read the whole investigation. I kind of cut it down just because it gets really lengthy. Um, and he, he kind of goes into his accounts. This is his point of view of what happened and we're gonna start with the first bit here. And this is in Dell's words. We were notified over the last two years of this building by as many as 12 separate contacts who all lived in different surrounding cities in the Minneapolis St. Paul metro area. They all had a story that was very close. Uh, the story being that Hell House was a former Minnesota run insane asylum from the early 1900s until 1979 when it could tra uh, Catastrophic fire killed 12 people inside. So not only was there this fire that came after this investigation, there was supposedly one that came before it. Two fires? Mm -hmm. Oh, my. And the thing is, in 1908, this is when it was um, the health spa until the 50s. Oh, no. And then it was owned by the Catholic Church, basically. So and what they're saying is... Well, they're saying it was between then and 1979, which... They sold it in the 70s, so maybe within 10 years there could have been some asylum that was, because it was bought and sold a couple of times. But before then, it wouldn't make sense because it would have been the health spot unless yeah. they were doing weird things. Oh, no. Um, or the Catholic Church, which 
that wouldn't make any sense really though because they were like kind of and they were like monk kind of a seminary so it I don't think it would have anything to do or it wouldn't even look like an asylum yeah um yeah and I didn't find any hard evidence of maybe if the building was owned by somebody and they made it an insane asylum um so it could just be rumors and then there's different photos here like this one where they're kind of laying in the beds and I think those are mud wraps that they're doing so maybe people saw like old pictures too and got the wrong idea and they're like oh this looks like an asylum because you know they would wrap them in the the little mm -hmm, and they would do different things and they've they had I'm pretty sure they had like tubs and stuff because if you're doing like a mud bath Mm -hmm. so maybe people saw these old photos and were like oh this was the sanatorium was an asylum so maybe maybe that's how the rumors started with that it's so easy to start rumors right and then in August of 1997, Dell asked multiple people for an interview, but no one um, responded to him. He got no response uh. from anybody. And then he, I think he went out of town and then came back. And then this is his next ep- excerpt from his investigation report. Upon resuming the investigation again, I was contacted by a good friend who said that he had been to the building and him himself had seen a rock launch from the floor about six feet in front of them, down the hallway, hitting the wall on the other side, and bouncing back, stopping in front of his feet. He had also heard what he thought to be faint voices in the basement area, and also felt he was being followed throughout the entire property. He advised it would be a great investigation. So, this is from a good friend of his. Someone throwing rocks? Right? Because it could... It could be chalked up to, like, it could have just, like, fallen because it's an old building. Yeah. And, like, kids probably could have snuck in there because he also reports later on seeing graffiti and stuff like that. So maybe kids were, like, messing around in the lower levels and he just didn't see them. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's why the kids, maybe that's, he felt eyes on him. Maybe it was, like, other people that were exploring, too, but he just didn't see him. I know, when you're not in, when you're in an area where you start to think that there's ghosts, then, like, your body reacts. Mm Mm-hmm. In the way that it would if it's be being yeah. a ghost. And if there was other people there, maybe they didn't want to get seen either. So maybe mm. they were kind of being sneaky <laughs> and he didn't see him. He just like felt, you know, when you feel someone's eyes on you. Yeah. Oh that boy. could be it too. Or. Or it's an actual ghost throwing rocks. Yes. Or it could be it's a ghost. <laughs> a ghost. A ghost. It's one of the patients. He, had, he was sick of the sulfur water. He's like, screw this place. This was supposed to cure me and heal me. It's not doing anything. <laughs> Instead, I just smell nasty. Oh, no. And then Dell goes on to say, I was told that they were returning to the site that evening and asked if I would be willing to go along. And I elected to do so. And Dell brought with him a handful of different things for his investigation. Two disposable cameras, both with okay. 27 exposures on them. Uh, with flash units, and That's he purchased good. them from two different locations, two different stores. That's smart. Mm-hmm. So he, mm, he's not he knows dumb. What he doing? Mm. I'm not sure if I believe his psychic ability and stuff, because there was like other articles I found that were like questioning him. But Uh-oh. it's all like, who who knows who's right yeah. and stuff like that. Maybe the other guy had a vendetta. I have no idea. Um, he, he also had. <laughs> he could be of his spoopy senses. Maybe. Uh, he also had a USF or USAF issued compass to record any possible magnetic phenomena. Interesting. Is it like mm-hmm. an EMF reader where it? 
Kind of like that, but it measures the magnetic field. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, he also brought a portable electronic thermometer uh, with a probe that gives an instant temperature reading, which a lot of people nowadays do that too. Because usually when you go ghost hunting, there's kind of like those dead spots you or the feel cold spots. cold. Mm-hmm. But it's Minnesota, so it's always cold. Right. <laughs> but he brought that with him. And lastly, he bought and brought a tape recorder to record the entire trip through the building. And I think he also wow. brought an EVP reader too, which I didn't have listed, but he... He brings that as well. Just to try to see if he has any other audio besides the recording. Um, he goes on to say, I was told by the friend and another person with him that the property was completely abandoned and that the former caretaker had moved from the property recently. So mm. this would indicate that they shouldn't hear anybody if no one's there. Um, but again, kids could be sneaking around, other people interested. Um, and kind of what's going on. At the time of the investigation, we arrived at dusk. Temperature was about 80 degrees, and there was a very high humidity level caused from the rain previous. Uh, the rain previous. It had been raining. He kind of. He's not good. I should have proofreaded this before. Uh, uh -oh. Previous two days straight, it had been raining. So that's why the, the humidity he came from. He a ghost hunter, but he can't <laughs> rain. Uh oh. Uh, there was no wind at all and no clouds or other weather phenomenon present. We ventured into the building. We examined the entire entrance area and then traveled into the basement. We noticed a white mud in the hallway and the stairs that would go to the basement. Uh, and that was the sulfur mud from the springs. It's that damn he, sulfur. Yeah. And he, I think nasty. he goes on in the report saying, like, at first they were like, what is this? And then they realized it was, the, it was from the springs. <laughs> so no, nothing ghostly about that. Um, in the basement, we traveled to a large area that represented a possible kitchen area with a laundry room and another room to the side and a room with a large steel with large steel tubs laying on their side oh, my bad. <laughs> it that could be and another room next to the boiler it was this area that we heard what appeared to be faint voices in most investigation we investigations we would leave the tape recorder behind to capture possible evp we made the decision not to do so based on the size of the investigation area and limited the time we had available, unlimited time we had available to do so. Uh, we continued to listen to the sounds and they appeared to be the faintest of shouting. So it's not like just talking, it sounds like it's kind of aggressive, like yelling maybe, uh, or like shouting could be angry, it could be frightened. Well, what it we're dealing with the same building that was supposedly connected through pipelines to a a radio mm -hmm. station. So it that's a good been... point. I didn't think about that when I was reading this. So he. Could what be if hearing... someone was arguing with like their boss at the radio station? They're just like chilling in this. Somehow they could hear the yeah. maybe even like just the talking at the radio station Ooh. that they are broadcasting. What if you heard secrets? <laughs> that would be like, kind of. Oh, I shouldn't have heard that. Yeah. At one point, a friend of mine mentioned that he thought the sounds that were broken at times resembled choking or coughing. At this at this time, we pre perceived that this may be the place that some of the people had died in the structure. What if they just witnessed a murder at the radio station? <laughs> oh, that would be so bad. Oh, no. Okay, but the if they did hear choking or coughing and it was supernatural or, oh, like, yeah, ghostly... Then, yeah. It kind of makes sense because there was supposedly a fire. 
that happened and, prior um, to this the fire that's going to happen in a few months. Who's that YouTuber? Garrett, YouTuber. He had a ghost story where he was at like this house that his dad owned or something, and um, is that Cersei yeah, snoring? She's snoring. Wow. <laughs> Our cat is the loudest snorer it's not waking ever. Up. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> to the fast forward version of this story that I'm trying to tell, he heard coughing in this house and no one was in there. So that is a valid experience. Yeah. <laughs> or it's a murder at the radio station. That would be even more terrifying, I would think. Okay, what's next? We can, Okay. So Dell goes on to say we continued into another room in the basement that had birds and a fair share and its fair share of bats. Most of the rooms in the building that uh, we had seen so far were vandalized with spray painted graffiti. So there there has been like vandalism and people down there. So that makes sense. Either they heard radio station noise and stuff like that, yes. or it could be Actual. kids. Yeah, or ghosts. Or ghosts. Or ghosts. Energy. Mm-hmm. Leftover energy. Can't get rid of it. We then headed for the stairs again. We stopped in a small room and the stairs were located... The Stopped in a small room the stairs were located in and noticed another odd sight. The tiles on the wall and the floor were curled from heat. Some had clearly melted. The floor above showed stains of heat above. And we would have, we would find this is where the fire originated from on the first floor. But why the heat damage in the basement when no flames were present? And again, this is before the 1997 fire. This is like a couple months before the the one that was reported everywhere else. The secret one. No. Oh. The one he's talking about now that he's seeing is the, the secret one that no okay. one really talked about beforehand. Which is unique because why wouldn't they try to fix it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the owners of the building, maybe they didn't care. They yeah. just wanted the sulfur land, the sulfur springs. <laughs> that's all they that wanted. Sulfur juice. That's all they wanted. Ew. On the first floor, we stood near the site of the fire. The fires originated, and we could see the stars in the night sky through the two floors above and the roof, which the fire had eaten through. So that's also very strange because this is still before the other fire that again burns the top floor and that's the roof. Weird. I'm sniffing out a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But this was sneaky. before because at the end of his investigation, he states that he heard or someone did a drive-by and they reported that more of it had burned down. So In the sneaky fire? No, in, the, in the, the official fire. Weird. This is a couple months before the official fire that everyone was talking about, that it was arson. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. On the second floor, we were greeted with more bats. Uh, and some hidden dangers. The 20 to 25 foot wide hole in the floor. The f- what? From the fire. The oh secret my. fire. <laughs> I'm assuming. Or an explosion. No, or like water damage. Oh. Could have broken it too. That's no fun. Could be plenty of things. Uh, the fire burned between the first and the second floor so fast in a chimney effect that a lot of the wood between the floor was not touched by the fire. And I'm not really familiar with the chimney effect. Or just I don't know straight if, up and it bypasses just, everything else. Yeah, it just burns so qu- so fast, maybe, or so <gasps> the it, pressurized. So power. Maybe. Something like that. Uh, the upright wall frames were hardly damaged either in this fire. We continued to the third floor. Uh, we carefully investigated 
or we carefully navigated to a door and stepped out onto the steel mesh walkway that went from one door of the wing to another. Um, we entered into the second floor or the second wing, third floor. Notice that this notice with the exception of missing windows and paintings from vandals, this building was oh. not much changed from the last days of its occupancy. So it still had a lot of, um, I guess fifties and seventies things possibly because fifties huh. again was the end of the health spa. And then the seventies, yep. The seventies was, this, was the seminary, the yeah seminary. So but the, between the Catholic that time could have been the spoopies. It sounds, they sold the health spa though right after. So okay. in the fifties they sold it. And then for 20 years, the Catholic Church had it for the seminary, and then then it was repeatedly sold after, but it doesn't specify who who bought it. Yeah. That I couldn't find. Mm. We examined the entire second wing, and then traveled back to the third floor. We were crossing the mes- mesh walkway again with no railings, some three hundred or not three hundred, some thirty-five to forty feet above the ground. When something blew past me, it was not seen, only felt. It felt that this was more than one spiritual entity, and it could be a bat. Um, I, I was—you'd you'd feel the <laughs> on the wings, but right? It's yeah, still like, but maybe he just decided not to say that. <laughs> Not—he's really not looking tr- for ghosts. Yeah, not trying to like discredit him, but that is a possibility. Is that, that feeling that a like bat. a good old ghost story, though? No. Um, mm. After that, he goes on to say. He was in awe at how fast they flew at his chest level between him and his friends. It felt that they had stopped in front of us, like he could sense like a spirit. I neglected to check any other equipment, but brought up the camera instead and fired a photo at the two windows immediately to the left of the walkway where they were going. Spooky. Uh, As the picture was fired, I could see that the flash unit on the camera had illuminated several orbs of light in the viewfinder. When the film came back, we saw this image, which they didn't have any of the images listed on his report. Convenient. Convenient. Um, But he says that there is a total of five orbs of light. Four of them are clearly visible. One orb, which did not appear on the film due to the way it was cut during process. Uh, on the negative, so I don't know if he had the negative to verify that there was five, and then the mm. print cut it. That I'm not sure of. But the article mm. did not have any pictures, and I don't know why. It just had, like, the brackets that said image. Yeah. So I'm not sure if there was an external link that got deleted. Oh. So if any of you guys are tech savvy and you go and read this investigation, maybe you can figure out a way to uncover the images, because I have no idea. Oh. Homework. Mm-hmm. We continued back into the first wing on oh. the third floor. We noticed a drop in temperature of 16 degrees in this room, um, which with many windows was not unexpected. What so time of year did he go here? August. So it's still getting oh. chilly. Yeah. But he also credits this drop could be all the windows. Yeah. So he's not saying that it is a cold spot due to like spiritual energy. Which is kind of nice, because he's not automatically just being like, ghost. (laughs) It's a ghost. (laughs) We turn to go back to the stairs and make our descent into the second floor again. When I stopped dead in my tracks, I felt something approaching me with speed from the other side of the hole in the floor. They rushing them. They looking for that sulfur water. (laughs) When I felt something that was of a spirit, 
spiritual entity was in range of the, um, in range. She pulled out his small camera again uh, and snapped a photo with, this is the second camera. So he took the original images with the first one and now he's doing this with the second one. Uh, and he says this is to eliminate the possibility of flaws in both camera, film, and the developing process, which is really smart. Yeah. Uh, we proceeded to leave the building and noted the total time inside had been 42 minutes. Uh, they didn't have any EVP readings, um, nothing found on the tape, but they did have the photos with the orbs in them. So that was kind of the only evidence that he had mm-hmm. was the orbs, which could be dust. Spots. Yeah, depending on who um, you talk to, it's either just dust or just a f- that little fraction of light that mm-hmm. hits it, or yep. it's a ghost. Or it's in the development of the film, because that can show mm. up if during, like, in the, when they're doing it, dust spots can, like, physical oh, no. dust spots can actually show up. So that's an also, there's a couple of different things that could discredit that. Um, and then in October, so this was in August, and then in October, in 1987, um... Dell realized that he may never uh, hear a documented history of the building and closed the investigation. Uh, but he finally managed to speak to a former police officer who patrolled in the area, who now lives in Hopkins, but this is back in 97. Oh. Mm-hmm. So still in the cities. Yeah. Uh, the officer said that the insane asylum was just a local legend, but Dell still is pretty adamant that there could be some truth behind that legend. So... I guess it depends on if there's anything super negative. And he doesn't say anything about feeling any certain way. He's just more so like, oh, I felt this this whooshing, this movement. Yeah. No no gut feeling. Yeah. That he mentions. But I just pulled up the article here. Um, but you can see in the bracket, it's just bracket. Image. And it just says image. Um, so I couldn't find a way. And this is... Uh, groups.google.com and then it's kind of like a almost like a a thread is how they did it and it was he last post he posted this November 30th of 1997 is when he posted the report um okay and then okay he did this in August August and then he posted this on the 30th but at the very end of August no of November. Oh, so, okay. He had a couple so, months. It was a couple of months. Um, and at the end of this report, he said that Saturday, November 9th, 1997, a passing motorist on Highway 212 um, called the Chanhassen Police Department, or not Police Department, the Fire Department, and reported um, that part of the building was engulfed in flames. Huh. So, Wait, is this the official fire? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm like, so they were fire. in the building... Yeah, August, September, October, November, like three months prior. Wow. Maybe two and a half, three months prior to the official fire. So that's interesting that there was a fire before that that nobody mentioned, that he knew because he went in there. He investigated it. And I don't know if he got any permits to do this. It doesn't sound like he did. It sounds like his buddy's just like, hey, we were here. Yeah. Let's go back in and do it again. The property owner isn't here. Maybe his buddy knows someone. Maybe. Again, yeah. be respectful. Yes. You're going to go explore, you be respectful. Get permission. This is going to be a continuous thing, I have a feeling, when we're talking about stuff like this. I, w- I don't want to see you in jail. <laughs> Stop it. 
And you don't want to be the one accused of arson if it happens. Right? Can you imagine? Yeah. It happens, you go to explore, and it's your fingerprints on the building. Right? Something you don't left behind, it. a paper, a, your ID fell out uh, of your pocket. And then you're in jail. And then you're in jail. <laughs> uh, don't do it. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. His, his take on it and his investigation um, and the lack of... Pictures? Pictures, yeah, that well, kind of show up. What I find up. interesting is it's labeled as Hell House, but so far the only thing we got is some bats, some nasty sulfur water, mm-hmm. and some possible sounds that yes. could have been from the radio station. Yeah. So not like a demon in the window. Right, yeah, you know? no one saw any like things in the window. I, I, like when you hear Hell House, you actually think like, okay, there's a demon here. Mm-hmm. Like someone summoned a demon with a little Ouija board did some things and yeah. he's just chilling there or when people report that they have scratches yes and they come out or of the bruises you know i don't know if it's deemed worthy of the name hell house yeah but i don't want to be the one to test that right well especially since it was a health spa yeah and you, that that's pretty credible oh, maybe I'd, that's why they summoned a demon and he just really likes the spa aspect so he's like super chill he just wants to stay there <laughs> he likes he's the silver water Ew. Oh, it's just a full circle of sulfur water each topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the main thing. And there's a lot of reports of people that go there and kind of walk around. They still get it. They get a good feeling from yeah. the area. Okay. Like the nature aspect part, yeah. portion of it. But I think it'd be fun to take just, it's literally probably like 15 minutes away from us. We could do a drive-by just mm-hmm. to see if the building's mm-hmm. still there. And we could even walk on the designated grounds area if yeah. it is like a nature thing. Maybe it's they have a nature path. to the community. Mm-hmm. And then that way we can get footage and post it on here for you guys to take a look yeah, at. so you can actually see what we're doing. Just to see. We can show you guys. we can see if there's a demon in the window. Right. We'll we ask for some sulfur water. Yes, pretty pictures of sulfur springs for you guys. It'll Aesthetic. It'll be like Yellowstone. Yes. Yellowstone in Minnesota. Oh, boy. Not Wyoming. <laughs> we're after your brand, Yellowstone. With our sulfur water. Mm-hmm. Come but, get y'all's juice. Yeah, I couldn't find anything else about Dell either. There was a guy that posted some stuff about he, I think he had an argument with Dell and Uh-oh. like his credibility or something like that. Uh-oh. But other than, and then that guy wrote one article or one thing, like one post on some other forum or his webpage. But that's the only thing I found. I didn't find this guy's like PSI Walker company. Um, the only real article was him, like this one. And then there's also like a news, no, not a news reporter, a Journalist. a radio, no, a radio host by the same Uh-oh. name, Del Mulroy. Del R. Mulroy. Um, hmm. Totally different people, though, because the timelines didn't line up. Um, I feel like there would also be more stories, like local stories, if, if it was the radio guy, who's also a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> in a paranormal investigation person. So you'd you'd think you'd see Care Eleven over there or Yeah. You know, was it Channel Five? Yeah. Out there, their cameras. So I think this one comes down to it again being a local legend. Yeah. Um unless we go there and we see a demon in the window. Right. Yeah. We don't have any EVPs. We have really nothing to actually investigate. We can do like recordings on our phones just to see if we pick anything mm-hmm. up, which is equally as good. Some people apparently. picked up audio on their mm-hmm. phones. Yeah. 
That's also another thing that a lot of investigators do. Paranormal investigators. Ay, ay, ay. So yeah, I would say this one is debunked. But it's pretty interesting. To a point. Yes. It's pretty interesting. Because there's many other um, asylums or sanatoriums that are for the mentally ill. Yes. Um, that we will talk about in the future. Oh, but no. this one does... Uh, I want to say that this doesn't fall into that category. This is specifically that health spa. Yeah. I don't think there was ever an asylum there. Unless there's a conspiracy with... It was a cover-up. It wasn't health. a health spa. It was yeah. actually for the insane... But that that could be too. Yeah, Maybe. it could be. So let us know in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube again. Um, if you've been there, if you know anything, if you're from Carver County, let us know. Mm-hmm. That oh, would be really, time, really time. interesting. Yeah, to hear from the people that gave these reports. Yeah. The 12, 12 different people in the the. Twin Cities area. Yeah, they gave the reports right. of that. I'm wondering if it was just like, like what did they see? Right, did they all only and they were pretty the same. Thing? Yes, they were really similar encounters. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it was like a family local legend that was kind of passed down, or like hmm. whatever it could have been, or just a very convenient ghost that always has the same mm-hmm. physical appearance. Yeah, spoopy, spoopy. It was. Not as spoopy, but it's kind of... confusing spoopy. Spoopy. Conspiracy level spoopy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, could it have? Could it not have? The meter's not quite ding, ding, ding. It's like... No. uh, Yeah. Like, kind of over... It's a meh. It's a meh for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a meh for me. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Yeah. And we'll, we'll... We won't see you next time. We'll... What we'll, are we? we'll bring some sulfur water we'll in the some next sulfur one. water next time. Lord. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.